Hello and welcome to this Endo Life episode 154. I'm Jessica Duffin, I'm an endo warrior, an endo health coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with the endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's <laughs> the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them I don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. Okay, so I'm really, really excited about this episode. So I'm just going to dive straight in. So maybe you've had an endosurgery and you're really hopeful that, you know, this is it. You're going to have some relief uh, for a while, at least. Some people never need another surgery. Some people find it lasts a couple months or a year. Some people, it doesn't help them, unfortunately. I was in that group the second time around that I had a surgery. Um, But maybe your periods are better. Maybe your chronic pelvis pain is better. Things are improving for you. But after a few months, the endo belly comes back. Or maybe you get it for the first time ever and you're bloated all the time or maybe you bloat badly after meals or maybe it gets worse as the day goes on. And perhaps it's accompanied by IBS issues like constipation, gas or loose stools. If any of this sounds familiar to you, then this episode is for you. So while surgery is essential for many people, it doesn't come without its risks. And I honestly feel like it's a disservice that these aren't talked more about. So today I'm talking about why you may get endo belly for the first time or maybe a return of it or a worsening of it as a result of adhesions from surgery and what you can do to prevent them or to work on them if you've already got them. So if you haven't heard me bang on about these guys, adhesions are a form of scar tissue They are web-like structures and bands of collagen that grow in response to injury and trauma, basically to knit back together a wounded area and as part of the healing process from infection and inflammation. And so collagen strands bond together to protect the damaged area to allow healing to occur in a safe and isolated environment. And if an infection is present, they protect the rest of the body by preventing the spread of it. 
Now, adhesions occur in nearly all cases of abdominal surgery, and the results vary from study to study, but one large and long study found that between 55% to 100% of women who had pelvic surgery developed adhesions, and up to 90% of people who had major abdominal surgery, so something like, say, a caesarean, developed adhesions. So if you've ever had one or more surgeries for endo, it's likely that you have adhesions. Now, adhesions are a leading cause of the condition small intestine bacterial overgrowth. And this is another topic that I bang on about all the time. But if you're new here, I'm specialized in SIBO and endometriosis because SIBO is just so prevalent in our community um, that I wanted to specialize in both. And at present, the research is indicating that 80% of people with endometriosis have SIBO. As SIBO is a condition where the normal bacteria, which should be in our large intestine, so that's referred to as a gut microbiome, you might hear it as, or the you know happy gut or happy gut bugs, those bacteria, they start accumulating in our small intestine where it shouldn't be. Normally, bacteria is moved through the small intestine into the large intestine with the help of something called the migrating motor complex. And this, what we call the MMC, this MMC is a wave-like motion that sweeps the small intestine of any leftover food bits and bacteria. And it kicks in about two hours after meals and at night whilst we're asleep. Now, a number of things can damage the MMC or prevent it from doing its job. Food poisoning or gastroenteritis is the main cause of damage to the MMC. That, um, that actually damages the nerves and muscles that control it. But adhesions, even if the MMC is working well, they can stop it from doing its job properly. And they do this by pulling on our intestines. So imagine you have an adhesion that is going from, say, your pelvis to somewhere on your intestines. It's going to be pulling down on your intestines and distorting the shape or the flow of the intestines. In fact, your intestines need to be able to slip and slide over each other and they need to be able to expand and accommodate food and waste. But if they're being yanked in different directions and they're being held in place by adhesions, the flow is going to be disrupted. There may even be adhesions wrapped around the intestine, which would create like an obstruction or the adhesions may have caused the intestine to loop over itself, creating kind of like a pocket area that the bacteria can't escape from. If you think about like a a balloon being tied, you know, um, at kids' birthday parties, they kind of have like the guy who ties balloons, that kind of thing. Whatever is happening, the result is the same. The small intestine can't get clean and bacteria builds up causing SIBO. And the small intestine isn't designed to house bacteria. So this causes all sorts of problems like bloating, which is one of the main causes of the endo belly, and IBS issues like constipation and diarrhea. And the gases that are released from the bacteria when they ferment our food, they can cause brain fog, fatigue, joint pain, and body pain, to name just a few of the symptoms. And I've linked to a couple of episodes in the show notes where I break down SIBO in more detail. So if you're not familiar with it, have a listen to that. Now, even if SIBO hasn't developed or hasn't developed yet, 
Adhesions may still be a source of your bloating. If they're not affecting the small intestine, they still could be affecting your large intestine and may be causing a buildup of waste or gas. You might not be able to have regular bowel movements or your intestines might be sluggish or slow, allowing for gases to accumulate, creating that swelling. So what's the solution? Basically, we want to prevent the adhesions from taking root in the first place, or if they have, we want to break them down. So first up, just as a caveat, before I kind of go through my official list, we want to be lowering inflammation levels before and after surgery with good anti-inflammatory nutrition. Now, inflammation occurs during healing, and that's totally a normal part of the healing process. But too much of it for too long will encourage adhesion formation that's kind of out of control. We want a healthy level of inflammation that aids your healing, not a chronic level that accelerates the growth of adhesions and causes like excess adhesions that are, um, you know, that are growing everywhere all over your pelvis. So before your surgery and during your healing phase, Make sure you're filling your diet with those anti-inflammatory foods that I always harp on about. Colourful vegetables and fruits, healthy fats like avocado, olive oil, nuts and seeds and fatty fish, antioxidant-packed herbs and spices, and organic lean protein sources like beans and lentils, free-range organic omega-3 rich eggs, wild-caught fish if you eat fish, and free-range organic grass-fed meat if you eat meat. If you want to learn more, I've linked to a few a few podcast episodes on anti-inflammatory nutrition and a free copy of my cookbook in the show notes. I should also be bringing out a nutrition for endo workshop in the next few weeks, so keep your eyes peeled for that as well. Okay, so now that's cleared up, let's dive into the extra strategies. I'm going to start with what you can do before and initially after surgery, and then what you can do once your scars have healed. So number one is supplementing with omega-3 fatty acids. So fish oil was shown to reduce adhesion formation following surgery on mice with induced endometriosis. And it also reduced the inflammatory healing process post-surgery, which could reduce the chances of further endodevelopment as well, because inflammatory chemicals like prostaglandins actually fuel endometriosis growth. And so feeding the mice with Fish oil actually led to mice who were who had fewer lesions and adhesions than those who were fed a standard diet without fish oil supplementation. So even though we don't have research specifically on adhesion formation and omega-3 on humans with endo, this could be a potential helpful supplement before and after surgery, though I would argue it's essential all day, every day. The therapeutic dose for omega-3 fatty acids is between 1,000 milligrams to 3,000 milligrams a day. I personally find I get more pain relief from the higher doses because omega-3 fatty acids um, are great for dysmenorrhea, inflammation, endometriosis pain, etc. But it can be tricky to get hold of those levels without exceeding the dose recommendations on the bottle. So I've linked to a few higher dose supplements in the show notes But if you choose to exceed the dose recommendation on the label, obviously that's your choice. I do it myself, but obviously I'm a coach. But you'll need to consult with a practitioner like your doctor to be on the safe side. However, omega-3 fatty acids are generally very safe. 
at these doses, at the doses that I've provided. If you're vegan, look for an algae-based supplement that contains both DHA and EPA because we need both. I've linked to one or two, but honestly, it is so hard to find high dose levels of vegan um, omega-3 fatty acids. I've not been able to find one that I'm like happy with their levels. Um, the only risk is that omega-3 fatty acids can sometimes thin the blood. So speak to your surgeon ahead of your surgery to see whether you need to stop taking them for a few days or a few weeks beforehand. For keyhole surgery, it's unlikely you will need to, but just check. Number two is proteolytic enzymes. So proteolytic enzymes are natural substances that break down protein. And of course, the building blocks of muscles and tissue are amino acids, which form protein. And as a result, proteolytic enzymes help to reduce adhesion formation. They also reduce inflammation post-surgery and aid in clearing waste products from the wound site. The research is limited with most of the research being in oral surgery. So like you know, having a tooth removed or sports-related injuries, but there is one study on endometriosis. So the only study we have on enzymes for endo is the use of a brand that we commonly use at the Integrated Women's Health Institute where I trained, and that's Wobenzyme. I can never say this. It's spelt W-O-B-E-N-Z-Y-M-E if you want to Google it, but it's the um, all of this, the transcripts in the show notes. In the study, Wobenzyme was shown to reduce pain and inflammation post-surgery, reducing the chances of adhesion growth, and it also inhibited the formation of new blood vessels, reducing the chances of further endodevelopment. The dose in the study was um, the label dose for 40 to 60 days pre-op and then 60 days post-op. One thing to note is that because proteolytic enzymes reduce adhesion formation, there is a risk that if there is an infection at the site of the wound, that it could spread as adhesions play a role in isolating infection sites from the rest of the body, right? So if we remove that, then there is that risk. It's very rare, but it has been known to happen. Number three is home alvego massage. Now, everyone is different, But my recommendation is as soon as your scars have healed and the therapist gives you the go ahead, learn of ego massage from a licensed therapist and start practicing on yourself every day or a couple times a week. So our ego massage is a form of um, pelvic massage, room massage. It's really, really great for digestion, for supporting with IBS issues like constipation, for pelvic pain, for period pain, for endometriosis pain. And it really increases blood flow and helps to clear away scar tissue. And it only takes 10 minutes and it can be part of like your evening routine, really nice and easy just before bed. And actually what's great about it is if you do it before bed, it's actually going to help to stimulate your migrating motor complex overnight. So that will also help to reduce your chances of clearing SIBO. And will help to, even if you're, you know, even if you haven't developed SIBO, it's going to help with any of the accumulated gas or accumulated waste that has been kind of storing in your large intestine because of the adhesions. 
So it's a great tool to be trying at home and it's kind of like your daily maintenance. So it's clearing the waste products, it's helping to accelerate the healing, it's helping to prevent the adhesions from forming um, in the first place. It's not going to really get in there and break the adhesions down though. So this is where we bring in the bigger guns. And so that's number four. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to the link in my show notes. So number four is having some form of professional abdominal massage known as manual therapy, which is designed to specifically break down adhesions. Manual therapy is a form of organ massage and manipulation, and it breaks down and it prevents adhesions from forming. It also helps to unstick organs and release a frozen pelvis. And your main options really are visceral manipulation or clear passage. Visceral manipulation is a form of manual therapy which was designed by Jean-Pierre Barrel, and it's generally um, the more affordable and accessible option and it's very effective for treating adhesions. Not much research has been specifically done on its effects for endometriosis but there is plenty of research on its effects for pain conditions and lots of clinical research with endo patients experiencing success from the treatment. And I also know um, that Dr. Alison Seebecker loves it for SIBO as well. So for clearing adhesions um, or blockages that may be con um, contributing to SIBO. So I often recommend that my clients with SIBO and endometriosis go and have visceral manipulation. And it's, it's a really helpful part of that strategy. The holy grail of manual therapy is clear passage. This is a unique form of manual therapy which is designed for adhesions and is incredibly effective for SIBO and endometriosis. In fact, there is amazing research behind it for these conditions showing its effectiveness. If you're contemplating a surgery but you're not sure if it's necessary or maybe you don't feel like it's the right path for you, for whatever reason, and you have the money to afford clear passage, I would really look into this first because it can even prevent the need for surgery with endo. Now, of course, right, if you have cysts that need removing or you have deep infiltrating endometriosis that's damaging your organs, I'm not saying to ignore the advice of a surgeon and not have surgery. But in some cases, surgery isn't the best option, especially if you've already had a few. And Research has shown that the pain relief from clear passage is the same as surgery and is long lasting as well. And they also have remarkable results for endometriosis related infertility, pain during sex and menstrual or ovulatory pain caused by endometriosis. So if you're just having surgery for the pain of endometriosis and you know your organs aren't at risk, you don't have these massive cysts, there isn't like a some pressing need that you really need surgery for endo, then this could be an option, but it isn't cheap. 
They also have really wonderful results for SIBO and they're endorsed by many of the world's leading SIBO doctors like Dr. Alison Seebecker. And honestly, I refer my clients for visceral manipulation, but I wish all of my clients for SIBO and endo could have clear passage because the results from the studies are just so positive. But like I said, it is very expensive. So if you can't afford it, honestly, don't worry. Try the Ovigo massage and the vit and the visceral manipulation approach because I see wonderful results with those too. Lastly, you could also try regular castor oil packs. Now, I know countless women's health practitioners who use castor oil to soften and break down adhesions and who witness great success with their clients. However, it is generally considered that more research needs to be done on castor oil and its effects and its effects on adhesions. There is, however, research on castor oil's abilities to lower inflammation, reduce symptoms of constipation, improve circulation, and stimulate muscle relaxation. So those are all positive and are going to help with any of the bloating issues and the endobelly issues that have come with these adhesions. And I actually asked a vigo therapist, Tara Ghosh, about using castor oil packs for breaking down adhesions, and she explained to me how it works. So castor oil actually triggers the immune system due to some of its chemical components. And once the immune system kind of is called and it responds to the call and it kind of travels to the area or it's released in the area. So, you know, on the pelvis where you're doing the massage or on the abdomen uh, where you're doing the castor oil pack, it then finds no poison to clear, but now it's in the area. So it might as well get to work. So the immune system goes about utilizing its tools on repairing and healing the pelvic area or wherever you are using it. And that in turn helps to break down and clear adhesions. She also emphasizes that it lowers inflammation and it improves blood flow to the area and that this also helps to clear adhesions or prevent their formation as well. So if you want to learn how to make your own castor oil packs and how and when to safely use them, I advise listening to my interview with Tara and she's got a really quick and easy method and it's less messy and sticky than the traditional approach. Um, and I put the link to our interview in the show notes. And you can try a castor oil pack alongside your Avigo massage a couple of times a week once your scars have healed. I wouldn't try it before that. Now, if you're years past surgery, please don't worry. Other than the proteolytic enzymes, you can use all of these strategies to break down any old adhesions that have formed. With the proteolytic enzymes, we only have research that focuses on the pre and post surgery like periods of time. So I really couldn't say whether they would work years after surgery. You could try, but I just can't make any guarantees and I don't want to waste your money. So that's it. I hope that this episode provides you with a bit of a protocol for healing post-surgery and preventing adhesion formation. I think it's actually appalling that we're not told about them and how to manage them, given that they cause people with endometriosis so many problems and the chances are we are going to form them. But hopefully this gives you some tools to work with rather than just kind of crossing our fingers and hoping that they don't form in the first place. So please let me know what you thought about this episode, whether it's helpful for you and whether you try any of these approaches. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. 